Mom Training Podcast with Diana Ballard. Hey ladies, welcome to the Mom Training Podcast. Today we're going to discuss something that I know each one of us moms really wants to know about. How can we not be foggy? How can we not be bloated? And is stuff in our pantry actually making us feel that way? Now, I don't know about you, but when I figure out that there's something that's causing a negative effect in my life, I want to get it out of there. Now, listen, if I'm telling you to put down the cookies and you're like, hold off, I'm going to fight you, just maybe listen a little bit and maybe the results that you want of feeling better might be worth more than that pleasure right in the moment. So today we're going to talk to Leanne Ribikoff. Uh, she is going to talk to us about our digestive health as moms, how to regain our energy, feel more confident when it comes to health and wellness. Leanne, welcome to the podcast today. Hi, Diana. Thank you so much for having me here. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and what you do? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, so my name is Leanne Ribikoff. I am a functional medicine health coach. Um, I work with overwhelmed, busy moms to help them heal their digestive health issues, feel more comfortable, more confident, and just be more consistent with their health and wellness and also to regain their energy back. Um, I got into this field by kind of going through the limbo myself prior to becoming a health coach. I had a snack food company that I founded and ran for five years. And while I was running it, it was running my health into the ground. And so I kind of just felt horrible. I had two little kids. I actually founded the company when I was pregnant with my first. So I kind of learned the hard way what happens when you don't take care of yourself. And so I work with moms predominantly in this, in a six week program to really personalize the experience of creating these tools that we could always come back to. This is not a diet in any sense of the, in any sense. Um, it's kind of the opposite because we don't really create these boundaries, but rather open up to things that are available to us so that we could always come back to that. So when you said put down the cookie, I'm like, no, we never have to, we don't, I mean, we don't, not never, but we don't have to put down the cookie. We could find a place for a cookie in our lives. Um, basically at the end of the program, moms are empowered with these tools, like I said, so that they feel more confident, more comfortable in their clothes. They have their energy back. And the things that we learn kind of spill over into their everyday life, which kind of spills over into how they are with their families. So it's not just about nutrition, although we do touch on that, but it's about movement as well as stress and sleep and really creating these beautiful boundaries with the people in our lives. Wow. I can tell you, I need all of that. <laughs> You're talking about nutrition, movement, sleep, stress, like getting rid of it and, and creating boundaries. Wow. Those are all such very important things for us moms to be able to understand how to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Well, why don't we talk about for a second, tell us what good digestive health is and like, how does it relate to our body and our mind? Yeah. So, you know, as they say, or they've been saying for a while now, your gut is really your second brain. And sometimes there's even this debate, whether it's your first brain, because it really controls so wow. much of what goes on yep, in your body and in your mind. Um, and your gut is really composed of like good bacteria, bad bacteria, neurotransmitters, like things like serotonin is created in your gut. So having good digestive health, it means that you feel comfortable. So if you're feeling bloated or gassy or 
you know, just can't put your jeans on, can't put your pants on, but you think you're, you know, if you're eating healthy and moving and can't figure out why something's going on and your body's trying to tell you that there is a problem. So good digestive health is it's composed of what we're eating, but also how we're moving our bodies, as, as I mentioned, and stress, stress is a really big component of taking care of your gut. Um, and that could be compared to like, if you're going on a roller coaster, right. And there's a drop, you feel it in your gut. Anytime that there's a stressor, you kind of feel it in the gut. So taking care of your gut in terms of what you're putting in is really important. So if you're going to be eating a lot of sugar, you're going to be feeding the bacteria that loves sugar, and that's going to grow. And that's going to create inflammation in your body and in your mind. So there are things that you do that create inflammation and inflammation could sometimes, and, or bloating can sometimes be mistaken for inflammation. So when you're feeling like your jeans are fitting a little too tight and you're thinking, oh, well, I'm just going to, you know, eat less tomorrow. That's not necessarily going to work. First of all, that's not a good habit to have. And it's not, it's, it's not going to, it's not sustainable. Um, it could just be the things that you are eating are causing inflammation around your belly as well as inflammation in your brain, which is what would be causing that brain fog. So having good digestive health is really important for keeping a healthy body, a confident body, a comfortable body, a consistent body, and a body full of energy, but also for having a good sharp mind, as well as for controlling your mood. So like when you're getting a little angrier with your kids on certain days, or maybe your, your spouse, that could sometimes be related to what's going on in your gut. And when I work with women and they heal their gut and it doesn't really take that long, not only do they feel more comfortable in their clothes, but they're finding that they have just this remarkable amount of energy all of a sudden. And also that they're just less reactive because like I said, our gut is really like our second brain, maybe even our first. Okay, so there are a couple of things that kind of blew my mind. One, that serotonin is created in the gut, which there's so much antidepressants and like people struggling with mental issues that could potentially be caused because their gut is imbalanced and or like their digestive system is not healthy. So I definitely want to address that. And then the second one is I had no idea that you could get inflammation in your brain and that's what causes fogginess. So so hit me with both of those girls. Like what? <laughs> Let's talk about the serotonin one for a second. Tell me a little bit more about that. So there are neurotransmitters in your, in your gut. And one of them is serotonin. So serotonin is responsible for us for controlling our mood. Um, and that's where it's created. If you are having an immense amount of sugar or unhealthy foods, your serotonin production will actually be affected by your diet. So it's important, you know, and this is kind of where that whole thing with having inflammation of the brain, it's, it's completely connected in the sense that if you're taking in a lot of unhealthy processed foods that are, it's not just sugar, but that have these other ingredients that our bodies don't agree with, that is going to impact the way your neurotransmitters are created and the way that they're functioning and the way that they're firing. So there's like happy foods and unhappy foods. And for the inflammation of the brain, that is what brain fog is. Brain fog is inflammation of the brain. Inflammation, the things that really contribute to it the most, as far as from a nutritional standpoint, is sugar is a big one. Um, and it's hidden in everything that we eat. 
even things that you would never think of. Um, sometimes dairy and wheat for some people with sensitivities, but I've noticed a huge shift in a lot of my clients when they not, you don't have to necessarily give up dairy or give up bread, but even just minimizing it or taking it out for a little bit of a little period of time, you will see a big difference. Um, and also seed oils. So, which is again, in a lot of processed foods that has, it's like a sunflower oil, um, palm oil, which is a big one. You really want to focus on having good, healthy fats. Um, no one's going to like me saying this, but alcohol is really, is, is a big one that's going to cause inflammation. And that's why maybe the next day after drinking, you kind of feel that brain fogginess. Um, so those are the things. So that's just from a standpoint of nutrition, but the way you move your body, um, and that doesn't necessarily mean more is more. You don't necessarily need to do a crazy workout. In fact, for some women, and that's why you need to take a personalized approach, crazy workouts, like high intensity workouts, create a really big influx of cortisol in the body. And too much cortisol can cause inflammation. It could also actually cause you to hold on to fat from like a survival mechanism. So going hard is not necessarily better. In fact, sometimes I see for different women is different that they start feeling better in their bodies when they lessen the intensity of their workouts. Um, stress is a huge one. This is like, it's all happening in the gut. You really want to minimize the stress. Stress is one of the top causes of inflammation in the body and inflammation of the body and mind is really connected to all chronic illnesses. That is basically what illnesses are. It's caused it's inflammation. Um, and sleep is a really, really big one as well. Sleep, you could cure, or you could really see the, a huge shift in how your body and mind feel when you start to get good quality sleep, which is not the same thing as quantity. Yeah. Well, I know that like I'm up all night with my kids. <laughs> I, I swear that's like, I'm like, okay, we'll eventually get to that good sleep area. But for some of us, let's say that we can't get a piece of this, right? So say <clears throat> that for instance, our sleep is compromised. So where would you have a mom focus then if you're like, okay, just try to get as much sleep as you can go to bed early. You know, I know you're up a couple times in the night with different things or different kids, but like, so like if a mom is like focusing on her nutrition or like her movement, like what, what exactly do you direct people in, in your first steps, I guess, for like moms starting out? Yeah. So, you know, we always, we always start with nutrition because that's kind of like the low hanging fruit. I think, like you said, if you have two kids that are having some trouble sleeping or you're really not in a good routine and we will revisit that because there are habits that are aligned. Like if you are going to your child in the middle of the night and then you're picking up your phone, you know, you're also, you're not really doing any good with that. You're creating a bigger problem out of already an existing one, but we do start with nutrition. And what I usually do is we do like a three-day food log so I could see what you're eating and not from the standpoint of like, no, don't have this, don't have this, but more so to create a plan, not like a food plan where like a diet, but more to find ways that you could enjoy the foods that you like, but healthier and um, the ones that are going to make you feel good. So we do start with nutrition because sometimes, and I mean, it's often that a lot of women think that they're eating healthy, but sometimes that they're not, there's just a lot of confusion out there in the wellness space, especially when it comes to food and marketing where someone's like, well, it says gluten-free, but that doesn't mean that it's healthy. Um, so that is a good place to always start to really look at what you're eating and 
see where you can make some tweaks. And, you know, I always say that when you're consistently doing something that's not very good for you, you kind of start to get used to it. And when you make a small shift and you start to feel even the slightest bit better, you don't even realize how bad you were feeling before until you start to feel better. So it's really could be like tweaking your breakfast. What you're eating in the morning has a complete direct effect on what you're going to have later in the evening or how hungry you're going to be later in the evening. So those are really important places to look. So if, if, you know, if working on the sleep problem is not feasible in the beginning, starting with nutrition, movement, stress is a big one. Um, there's lots of work to be done, but I, we, when you do it in a strategic way, you can get a lot done in a short period of time too. Yeah, I totally believe that. Well, and my question is too, is like, isn't a lot of stress caused by our gut and our digestive system not being balanced? Yes. So, you know, some people say, well, I eat so health or, you know, I, I meditate, you know, you're doing all these stress management things. So stressors are not just a perceived sense of stress. Like we always say, like some of the stressors we experience are not actual stressors. It's perceived like you get nervous that your child's going to be bullied, right? But your child hasn't been bullied, but your brain and your body can't tell the difference about between something that hasn't happened and something that you think might happen. So that's like a perceived sense of stress. Our environment is a stressor for us, like the air that we breathe, the water that we drink, the food that we eat. These are all stressors on the body that will affect the gut. So you could be taking care of your stress, but if you're eating unhealthy, that's a stressor. So all these things kind of have to come into balance and it might seem overwhelming and hard, but it really doesn't have to be. You know, when you just look at your life in a personalized way, if you take your life into account and find the things, the places that you need, especially for moms, like we kind of like, and I, I you know, I was doing this myself, is that like, you really do need to take care of yourself in order to show up for your family. Like you just, it can't be otherwise. We're not robots, right? We're not like chargeable machines. Like we're not a Tesla. You kind of need to have like a tune up once in a while, like a regular car. So. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, and so us moms, why, why are we so prone to poor digestive health? Yeah. I, so I would love to, to know that. And like, how does it show up in our lives then? That is such a good question. Like why us, right? <laughs> um, well, that's because, I mean, if, you, if you've birthed your children, just think about the toll that took on your body from a physical perspective, right? Of like carrying a child for nine months, either having natural birth or C-section. These are all humongous stressors on the body. Then you're, you know, even if you have a surrogate or you adopted, you're now going through the first couple of months of your child's life. So there's no sleep. There's the stress of keeping your child alive. I don't know about you, but like, I constantly thought I was going to kill my kids by accident, you know, you just got to keep them alive. Right. Um, these are all things that we experience. And then you kind of get into like the later years and now you're taking care of your kids. Their needs are different. They're, they're higher or lower, but they're, they're, they're they still exist. And it's just constantly having to be on. And then when you think about from a food perspective, the way we start stocking our pantry and our fridge is almost like dictated by our kids, like what they need. And sometimes I'll talk to some of my clients and it's like, what did you have for breakfast? They're like, well, whatever my kids didn't finish. It's, and it's almost like, well, what about your breakfast? Like, what about what you enjoy eating? Um, that's not to say that every mom does that. 
but most of us do. And most of us like end up eating after our kids, picking up those last couple of cookies, you know, and it all adds up. And it's not just about weight gain. It's about how we feel about ourselves. It's about all those, you know, unnecessary processed foods that we're eating. Um, and that's not to say that our kids should be eating them. That's why I kind of love the mom perspective as well, because we could revamp the pantry for you and your family, right? But we do have like a physical amount of, of a physical toll in our body, the you know, added stress of being a mom, um, sometimes lack of movement because we just don't feel like we have the time. So it's just the whole existence. And every mom has a different story and every mom has a different day-to-day -day life but it belongs to her and it should be kind of, it should, there should be space for what this woman needs in her life to, so she could feel good. Yeah. Well, I actually have an interesting thing that happened yesterday that kind of goes along with that. I was doing some meal prep um, for me and my husband and we, I did some protein bowls um, for, you know, maybe like three or four days, right? Some chicken, some quinoa, some beans and stuff. And we'll put some, anyway, it's really yummy, but I was making all that. And my five-year-old son comes over and he goes, mom, can you come play with me? And I was like, well, I need to finish this food right here, you know? And I was really excited because, okay, I'm getting this already. I'm going to have healthy lunches for the next, you know, throughout the week. And, and he said, mom, what's more important, playing with me or doing cooking? <laughs> and I, I was like, um, actually right now is me finishing this cooking so that I can fuel my body to be able to be happy and play with you. And like, that's kind of a new development for me because before I would have been like, oh, you're right. I should play with you. But like, you know, when you've hit a moment where you've crashed and burned before and you're like, <laughs> okay, I can't do that anymore. Literally, like physically, I cannot put myself aside anymore like this, taking care of my body and giving myself what I need. And I don't want to eat the leftovers or like eat a bowl of cereal because I'm like in such a rush because I've, you know, made this or played with a child or, or things like that. But it was so interesting because it was like, you know, actually what is more important in this moment is that I finish this food and then I can come play with you. And I, I think that's a hard mindset for moms because, you know, our little mom guilt kind of comes in is like, oh yeah, I'm, I, I need to spend time with my kids, but it does wear us down if we don't take care of ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And that, first of all, that's a huge shift for you. Like you said, like in the past, you wouldn't have done that. So like, that's, you know, a, a pause for you for taking that shift, but also think about what you're teaching your child, right? That, that it's okay. Like that to, to take care of yourself, like our kids kind of mirror us, right? So if we're showing them that we're always sacrificing ourselves for them, they're going to be doing that for others. And that's not to say it's a bad thing, right? But it's okay to show them that you're taking your, and you explained it, like I'm making healthy food so I can have energy for you later. As I feel like with kids, as long as you explain it to them in this kind of like realistic, understandable way, they start to get it. Like I teach my kids about like never focusing on, like I have a little girl. So I'm always very conscious when I talk about food, that it's never about the weight. I always teach her about like, what does sugar do to our bodies? Like what is, what does broccoli do to our bodies? I mean, does she still want ice cream? Yes. <laughs> but at least I'm trying to like, you know, find a way where I'm getting the message across without just saying, no, you can't have that, but explaining it as well. Well, and I think too, that it's so important for us moms to have a little bit of nutrition knowledge because to be, to be able to teach it to our kids as well as take care of ourselves. So like, for example, when, 
you know, your child is putting their own butter on their bread and it's like an inch thick, you're like, well, <laughs> so let me tell you, this is a fat and our body needs fat, but it only needs a little bit. And if we have too much fat, it doesn't make our body feel very good. So let's scrape off some of that butter and, you know, you, you've done a great job, but you just, you know, this is a fat or, you know, same with peanut butter, you know, it's the same. This is also a fat that we just put on a certain amount and, um, you know, just educating just a little bit of, you know, you know, these are live foods, the fruits and vegetables, they have different things in them that our body really likes and wants to eat, you know, even simply, like simply explaining, like things like that to them, like they start, they do start to get it. Like I, my five-year-old, he's so funny. He like, mom, this is good for my body. Like, I know this is good for my body. Like, is this good for my body? Is this going to make me feel good? You know, they start to really pick it up and I feel like they want to, you know, do things that feel good for their body. But we also have to know a little bit of nutrition, uh, you know, for our own body and then be able to share it to others, which, you know, with our pantry, which I'm really excited to talk about, because I, I want to like know what's in my pantry, maybe that I need to take out. I know for me, well, okay, I'll, I'll just go there. For the pantry, I definitely want to get cereal out of my pantry. Now, and that's kind of like a, those are fighting words. And I'll tell you why is because I'll tell you those really quick breakfasts in the morning when we're on a, in a rush to something, that is the easiest thing to feed my child, but it does not have the nutrition that I want to give them. Right. It has lots of different things added in lots of sugar, like very, I don't know, like kind of cardboardy food, right. That doesn't have as many things as I'd want to feed them. So Let's jump into that real quick here. Let's talk about the pantry, um, about what can support us and what harms us and what to look for, what to add and what to take away. Absolutely. Well, first I have some good news for you. You don't have to get rid of your cereal. You just okay. have to swap it out for some, <laughs> for a better version. Okay. So I actually, um, because of constantly recommending products to clients, I created uh, a resource with like all my favorite pantry swaps. So now I could just share it easier. So we could share it with the, with your audience as well today. Um, that'd be awesome. My two favorite cereal brands, which I totally agree with you. There's days like where I'm like, it's a cereal morning and I don't feel bad about it at all because the ingredients are so clean. Um, Lovebird. I don't know if anyone's heard of Lovebird. And, um, oh my God, what's the other one? I'm blanking seven Sundays, seven Sundays, mm. their chocolate cereal uses sunflower protein, right? So it's like, a, and there's one gram of added sugar, one gram wow. in the whole serving and they taste delicious. So you don't have to say no to cereal. So I have a whole list of all these pantry swaps you can make. So our pantry is so important. And this is kind of where we get to control what we eat in the house. When you go out to dinner, you go out to lunch or breakfast, like you're kind of at a free for all. You could talk to your servers about like not using certain oils or, you know, sauteing rather than frying. And you could, you could make that choice as well. But really what we stock our pantry with is like completely up to us. So here are the things that I find are usually the biggest culprits that like people don't realize protein powders. So protein powder is supposed to be something that's really healthy. And, you know, I'll have someone say, well, I have, a, I use a plant-based one. I'm not even using whey protein and it has all these digestive enzymes. That's amazing. There's some really good ones that market themselves with um, good, like probiotics, digestive enzymes, they're green, but most of the time they have some kind of sugar in them. 
like even the good ones will have sometimes cane sugar, which is so disturbing, but also if they don't have cane sugar. They might have stevia or monk fruit. And I'm just a big believer that we shouldn't have even any artificial sweeteners. Artificial sweeteners are one of those things that could bloat you up completely. Um, they com- destroy your microbiome, which is like your gut lining with all your good and bad bacteria, but also they make you feel hungrier. So when you're eating something that has an artificial sweetener, even if it's stevia, which is supposed to be natural, but not always because it depends on how it's made. So the way it's processed really, and they don't write that on the label, if it's like naturally extracted or how it's extracted. Um, when you eat something that's super sweet and has zero calories, your stomach is like waiting for those calories the whole day. So that's why you end up being hungrier later on because it's trying to make up for it. So a lot of these protein powders have some good ingredients in them, but they also have the the artificial sweeteners and even the best brands. So what I like to swap that for is just like a straight up hemp protein or straight up pea protein or even pumpkin seed protein to put into your smoothie. And then you could add all the other things through natural foods, like through vegetables, you could buy like a digestive powder. That's just good digestive probiotics and, um, enzymes. So that's, that's one where I would really just pay attention. Um, your nut butters, a lot of the time, the nut butter, even if it's organic, will have like palm oil or an oil added to it and sugar. Um, that's one of the ones, the reason they do that is because Adding oil to a nut butter keeps it from separating. And that's why I'll have people say, well, my kid won't eat it because like the Jiffy one won't separate. This one separates. Just mix it, just mix it back. But the palm oil or any oil in your nut butter is going to do that whole thing that I explained about inflammation, disturbing your gut health. Um, That's a big one. Salad dressings is another one to pay attention to. Store-bought salad dressings will often have a lot of yucky ingredients like those seed oils, sugar, gums, like guar gum, all those binders in there are going to disturb your gut. They're going to bloat you up. So all these things that you think are healthy, because I'm not even talking about cookies or chips right now, right? I talk about like protein powder, nut butter, salad dressings. So there are good brands of all of these available. Um, they're available. It's just really important to look at the ingredients list and really understand what you're reading. And kind of the rule of thumb is if you can't pronounce it, you probably shouldn't be, your body probably can't digest it either. So I would, I would start there. Those are a few really big ones. Wow. Well, my eyebrows went up when you said the protein powder. I wasn't expecting that. I was like, okay, get your Cheez-Its out of there. You know, like, I don't know, get, get your marshmallows, you know, like, I don't know, like get those things out of your pantry. But like, yeah, you're right. Like those three kind of surprised me. Like I want to go look at my protein powder. Okay. Like I get mine (laughs) from Costco and it's organic or ordain, like, you know, pea protein, but like what else is in it? Like, you know, and I have read a lot of the ingredients and I, I it's something I appreciate about Costco is they do have a lot of things that you can actually read every ingredient on there, but I'm going to go look at that and see. So where would you get like just regular hemp protein? Do you order that online? Yeah, you could buy it online on Amazon. You could buy oh. it at Whole Foods. I'm going to guess that even Costco might have straight up hemp protein. I mean, I, we could link, I have a links to all of the things because just over time collecting it. Yeah. Um, but just, just, and personally what I store in my pantry, um, but it's, it, it's available and there's different forms. Now there's even more of different organic, um, just straight up protein. 
also something called spirulina. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. I love spirulina. I love spirulina. Everyone thinks it tastes like, I just, I think it's delicious. I put on everything. (laughs) Well, I have a story. The other day I was making my smoothie and I love spirulina in my smoothie and I couldn't find, and my Vitamix was going crazy. And I did the stupidest thing I could have possibly done. I put a wooden spoon into it because I couldn't find the plunger. It killed my Vitamix, destroyed it. Vitamix is replacing it. They're like the kind of best company ever. Um, But I really, I was like, I just want spirulina. What do I do with this now? So I literally just cut up a whole ton of fruit and put some ground flax, which also has protein and some Mm. spirulina, added a little bit of almond milk. I don't know. I thought it tasted so good. It kind of looks a little gross because it's like green and looks like mud, but <laughs> it was Have you delicious. had the blue spirulina? I've had the blue spirulina. That one's my favorite. It's so good. It's yeah. so good. Um, but yeah, you want to, so from the concept of like looking at what's in your pantry, but you also want to stock your pantry with good things, right? So like the good protein powder, but there's also a lot of things that you could have on hand that will help you create a healthier meal. Um, like good canned beans, or if you are into canned fish, like sardines are really good for you, right? Having good, healthy grains, like, or gluten-free grains, like buckwheat on hand. And these might all sound boring, but, or maybe kind of foreign, how do you cook with them? But pay attention to the things that you're stocking. Look at those ingredients. And like I said, there are, you know, not all cookies are created equal. Not all chips are created equal. There are great versions of all of those. And if, you know, I'm a chip person. I like to have chips almost every day. I love them so much. So I try to have a healthier one. Um, and in turn, my kids eat the healthier version because I'm not buying them Pringles. I'm not buying them Doritos, but we're getting version. We're getting brands that taste as close to it as possible. Cool. So I guess, so my, right now I'm having like mixed emotion. So I'm like, <laughs> Okay, I can see places that I'm doing well and other places I'm like, I need to definitely go check that out. So I'm sure I'm not the only one feeling that at the moment right now listening to this. So what encouragement would you give to a mom that is kind of starting out on her journey of like going through her pantry and figuring out what might be causing brain fog, what might be causing inflammation or bloating or different things like that? Like what encouragement would you give that mom that she can do it and, and that, you know, that she can start right now? And so I would love to hear that. Yeah. So first of all, like be kind to yourself. I know that's a whole other separate conversation. That's more about mindfulness and just being kind, but I would start with breakfast, right? Like take a look at what you're having for breakfast. I've had a client who was having straight up oatmeal from a packet and couldn't understand why she was starving an hour later. Um, oatmeal digests really quickly. Just make sure you're having a good, healthy protein and a good, healthy fat with your breakfast. So breakfast is a great place to start because you know, even if you're having a smoothie, besides the protein powder that we've already talked about, well, where are you, what what else are you putting in there? Are you putting too much fruit that it's too much sugar? Are you not having any leafy green vegetables in there? Like even just some spinach could go a long way. You don't taste it in a smoothie, but you get that leafy green vegetable in. Sometimes I find someone saying like, oh, I have a smoothie every day. I'm like, what's in it? And it's just almond milk and a whole bunch of frozen fruit which is kind of like dessert, right? So you want to have, you always want to make sure every meal has a good, healthy protein and a good, healthy fat. So I would start with breakfast um, and just kind of taking a look at that. Also kind of do like, like a check-in, like 
are you feeling really hungry at 3 p.m.? Like, are you hungry? Are you tired? Are you stressed? Like if I said, do you want to eat a bag of chips or do you want to get a massage? If you're picking a massage, then you're probably not hungry. You're just kind of having a craving for those chips. And if you are indeed starving, then take a look at what you're having for breakfast. Maybe it's not enough protein. Maybe you ate your breakfast in front of your computer or in front of the TV or while doing the laundry, you know? So how we eat is really just as important as what we eat. So I'd start there. I think breakfast is a good place to start. It's a, it's an easy one, easier one. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's, that's doable and something to try. Cause I think that when we get information like this, sometimes we, we don't know where to start. And that's the part that becomes overwhelming. But, you know, that action stuff of let's let's focus on breakfast, like take these things and try to mold it into what you're doing starting first thing in the morning um, is definitely like a bite-sized piece that moms can pick up and feel good about of trying each day. Um, <clears throat> so thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so real quick before we go, I share with us what your favorite smoothie is. Oh, okay. I love smoothies. And I just got the email that my Vitamix is on the way or before we started. <laughs> so I was really excited. Awesome. It just broke. Um, so I put, here's how I build out a smoothie. And we could even share this because I have, again, a resource. Um, you always want to start, you always want to have one portion of some kind of fruit. So you could do like frozen berries are my favorite. That's what I always put in there a liquid. So it blends, you could do water or you could do like a nut milk. Um, you want to add some kind of a protein. So whether that's spirulina or flax or a hemp protein or pea protein, or there's a, a whole list of different proteins you could put in there. Um, I always like to put ground flax. It's really good for women. It's great for balancing your hormones. So to me, that's like a number one that goes in there every day. I put one date because that really balances out the spirulina and makes it taste really, really good. Um, and then I put all the leafy green vegetables that are available to me. So I could do spinach, kale, dandelion greens. I really love to focus on consistently detoxifying your body because we were talking about all those stressors. Toxins are stressors. Toxins get stored in fat tissue. That, so if you want to get rid of some of the fat tissue, you really want to get rid of the toxins. So I know I'm going off on a tangent, but all those um, leafy greens. If you like a thicker smoothie, putting cauli frozen cauliflower in there will give it the same consistency as putting a banana, but you're not getting like all the extra sugar. There's nothing wrong with a banana. I love a banana in a smoothie sometimes. I prefer frozen fruit, frozen, veg uh, frozen berries over a banana, um, but that would probably be it. I also put um, a little bit of turmeric in there powder. You wanna be careful not to put too much because it's an anti-inflammatory. So just how we talked about that certain foods cause inflammation, you wanna add foods that are anti-inflammation because like we said, inflammation could come from stress. So you want your food working for you as well as not working against you. Thank you for sharing that. I, I want to go try some of that now. <laughs> I want to get some of that hemp protein and try it. I'm like, I want to see what that's like and get myself some more spirulina. I don't have any more. So thank you so much for sharing your tips with us and for having a, a good conversation of, of things we don't talk about enough of just us moms taking care of ourselves and really looking at our, our pantry and seeing if, does it kind of align with what we really want 
um, in our day and in our future. So thank you so much for sharing things with us. And you, so you have a handout, right? You said you had the handout for yes. the pantry. So we could link to the pantry swap. I could also send you the smoothie, how to build a smoothie. Oh recipe. yeah. Yeah. That'd and be awesome. I also have like five ways to like de-bloat. So like daily habits, like having some lemon water in the morning with some um, apple cider vinegar. And as well, if, if anyone's curious, like I, this is my passion. So um, I always offer a free wellness consultation. If you kind of know what you're struggling with or what your health goals are, you could just talk um, for, you know, and see where you are and like what small changes you could make that are personalized to your life. So they could also, anyone could book a free wellness consultation as well. Cool. Yeah. We'll add that in the show notes too. That's great. Well, thank you, Leanne, so much for um, talking with us today. And ladies, I hope that you have learned something today, been encouraged that just one step at a time, we can become better at taking care of our health. And looking at our pantry is a really good step towards becoming the healthy mom that feels good that we want to be. So have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you next Tuesday on the Mom Training Podcast.